to the Roger Roger podcast with your co-hosts, Robbie and Jojo. Today we're here to talk to you about Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode 5, and we can rejoice after what was a somewhat slower episode last week. Apparently in the opening scene of this episode, Jojo screamed so loudly that her husband had to come and check that she was alright. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's happening! <laughs> she was hyperventilating. I saw the ponytail and that was me. Oh, the wee Padawan braid. Yeah. Oldest Padawan in the game, but it didn't bother me one bit. Oh, no, I didn't give it that. I really didn't care about the lack of de-aging. They used up all their money on Luke. <laughs> yeah. I saw people saying they should just hire Sebastian Stan to be a young Luke. How many times are you going to mention Sebastian Stan? <laughs> <laughs> as many as it takes. <laughs> yeah, the flashback scene was so good. It was amazing to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin again and also smiling as Anakin again and like that wee smirk. Oh, so good. And then what I specifically loved about that is then when we flash back to Vader. Um so it was clear that Vader was remembering this scene. That really excited me because I was like he's you know obviously trying to suppress the part of him that's still Anakin so much but to see him sort of reliving these moments with Obi-Wan which are Good memories, I'm assuming. They both seemed in good spirits for the most part. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Because for me, it might sound silly, but it's always been really, really easy to separate Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker as two completely separate entities, which I gather that's what they were going for. But it sort of, for me, takes away from the tragicness of it all, because that's why it's such a great story, because of how tragic it is. And those scenes where it cuts back to Vader... I really felt like that was Anakin inside there more than I probably ever have. Mm. And it, for that reason alone, it was just so much more impactful. They were they were great. Yeah, I think I I said this to you uh, when when I texted you after I watched the show. Like that, I think that was the best way for them to do a flashback in the series because, yes, okay, I'm disappointed I didn't get to see them in their Clone Wars armor, but the, like the flashbacks throughout the, the episodes tied into what was happening in the episode, yeah, so it didn't it. really feel. Like it was fan servicey. It felt like this was important to the story, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree with that. It was it worked great, as you say, because it mirrored the episode in itself. Although, yeah, I'm still maybe holding it for Clone Wars flashbacks in Episode Six. Uh, I think they're probably done with the flashbacks now. No, for this season. <laughs> I could tell what my favorite bit was. Was it Bad Lola? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, saying that, I have to say, I think Vader is. By far and away the MVP of this series so far. Hmm. I think this episode, I would agree with that, but I don't think I would say that for this season. Okay, well I just think best episode before this was episode three because of mm-hmm. because of him. The best moment in episode four was his part. Granted, mm-hmm. granted he wasn't in the first two, so that lessens the claim a little bit. But yeah, for me, Vader's top dog in this show. So yeah. if he's not your MVP, who is? So far. Princess Leia. <laughs> Um, no, I think I think Obi Wan. I think Ewan McGregor has been doing an excellent job at showing the, a completely different side of this character that we haven't seen. Like we saw him at the end of Revenge of the Sith, um, handing over Luke, and yeah, he he was obviously downtrodden. And then we saw him at New Hope, and he was a bit more hopeful. Uptrodden. So it's nice. It's nice to get this bridge of what happened in, in between this time and I think that Ewan McGregor is doing an amazing job at showing for sure for sure he is <laughs> an unbelievable actor always has been one of our very own we're proud yeah I've loved Ewan McGregor ever since the first time I watched Moulin Rouge that's your favorite film isn't it of all time of 100% all time. yeah the original Satine the original Satine <laughs> Obi-Wan Leia Rokin 
Wade's friend and Tyler arrive on Jabim and they're reunited with all the other people who are following the path. Uh, it was great to see Obi-Wan in sort of like a rebel base. That must be the first time obviously that's happened, so I thought that was quite cool. Not so not as built up as the future rebel bases will be, but it's definitely cutting along the same line as that. And then we're reintroduced to Haja. Did you think we'd saw the end of him or I didn't? I, when, he, when he was there, I was like, oh, I, f- I forgot you were here. Yeah, I, I would kind of agree with that. I, was, um, I wasn't I was expecting to see him again, so it was nice to see him again. In fact, I, you know, I wrote in my note, like, oh, Haja, but... So, yeah, it was good to see him again. And I think, again, he is the, the sort of the little comic relief of this series, which has been pretty um, yeah. dark so far. <laughs> Vader's on the Imperial ship now and he grants Reva the title of Grand Inquisitor. Girl boss. Yeah, she got that very quickly and i guess the, later on in the episode we find out why i wrote that she was ve- she seemed very hesitant to kneel mm-hmm. even though she was you know getting the role that we were sort of believed was her main goal yeah well throughout and i was thinking back to this and when she's on the hologram with him and talking to him she's always like yes my lord i first thought that might be fear but now i'm thinking oh that was a resentment a, yeah a burning resentment uh, yeah i wrote uh like vader is particularly chilling um, this episode you can see that his anger and you know almost he's so close to Obi-Wan again that he he's not holding back even slightly and he's just got tunnel vision for that and Obi-Wan is so smart to realize it like he's not yeah Reva's trying to convince him of having a patient approach so they can catch all the people on the path and he's like fuck those guys there's only one target here honestly I could just write a book on about how much I love Darth Vader, but like you can't even see his face, but you can like just with that mask and the way he's holding himself, you just know exactly what he's feeling. It's so yeah, so so well done. <laughs> That's why all those like when they cut back and it's just his mask, I, I love it. So good every time. And then the best bit about that scene though was the parallels with Ahsoka during the light speed traveling. <sighs> Tears so in the good. eyes. Yeah, the the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin slash Vader is a really really interesting. One that I think we don't really see kind of anywhere else, even with Obi-Wan and Vader. Mm-hmm. She definitely was like a little sister to him. And, you know, he, she was very important to him. Yeah, like they had a similar bond to like Jon Snow and Arya in the Game of Thrones books, you know, like that tightness. Whereas Obi-Wan and Anakin, they were tight, but a lot of it was bound by duty. Yeah. Whereas Anakin at first, he doesn't want Ahsoka as his part of one. He's like, nah, I've not got time for this. And then by the end, the relationship has blossomed and they're both very good for each other. Back in Jabim, Darth Lola has infiltrated the electronics, I guess. And Darth Lola! <laughs> Sorry, that's tickled me. <laughs> so she, she did well. So that's them, they're stuck. And in the meantime, Obi-Wan again sees some carvings on the wall. The light may fade, but it is never forgotten. That's him. He's black. You could see it in his eyes there. It's not forgotten. We see him pick through sort of the old Jedi remnants, like the lightsaber collection they've got going on. I'm surprised General Grievous wasn't <laughs> force for ghosting himself into there. I would love to see if anyone has like put together if any of those lightsabers are recognisable character ones, or if they're just sort of... Yeah, um, I was going to ask you, you know. the same thing. I googled it to nothing, to no avail. Okay, so it must not be... I feel like it would have popped up on one of the subreddits, but that's fine. And then, yeah, so we're jumping back to the flashbacks and we see Anakin and Obi-Wan and they're talking about, like, patience and guess what? Anakin doesn't have any. <laughs> no, to, to no surprise to anyone. And 
Obi-Wan in Jabim says, oh, he's not going to lay siege to us. Like he's going to come and he's going to attack us because he doesn't have patience. And he was right. He was very right. I loved that. Honestly, just when Roken was like, how do you know that? And then it cut to the flashback. I was like, oh, that's that is brilliant. I was really happy to see the flashback at the start, but I was glad that they kept like giving us a little taste of it. It was, it was really good. And like Hayden Christensen and... Ewan McGregor's like choreography together it was just fucking beautiful like it was so good rolling back the years the boys I loved Leia saying I'm gonna need a ladder and then it'll be one gig get her a ladder <laughs> <laughs> Leia the sparky <laughs> yeah. she's an electrician before she's learned how to use the force what, what, what can't she do <laughs> she could have uh, she could have built C-3PO just like her dad yeah yeah she's good with droids what did you think of Bail Organa's message to Obi-Wan well, of course it's silly, but then again, it's it's a plot device. That's my over, yes. over, my overall thoughts on it. I think the the biggest gripe that some people have had with this episode was why the hell would Bail Organa send a message detailing one of the biggest secrets? Yeah, you just had to mention Tatooine, Owen, and the children. You couldn't have just said, yo, text me back. Yeah, or like, why did, I don't know, maybe they should have established some codes. But then, yeah, I mean, Bail's, you know, a very frightened father he doesn't know what's happening with his child uh, i'm not surprised he was trying to check in so yeah like you say i think it was yeah just a plot device for for later on bloody haja and then i actually thought when tala then came to see to see obi-wan after that moment and he had this moment of hesitation like it seemed like he wanted to say oh Leia has a brother yeah they're anakin skywalkers like, i feel like he wanted to divulge that but kind of hesitated and then I was like, mm, does he trust Tala completely? You know what, that would have been actually cool given where she ended up in this episode because then it wouldn't have mattered, but it would have been nice for him to get that off his chest. Hmm. But that's a great show. I never actually thought of that at all when she came in. Yeah, and then I, I was wondering if she kind of felt that as well because then she went on and did you know, sort of a speech. Yeah, I liked her origin story. I mean, uh, we kind of already had it, but it was uh, obviously explained in a bit more detail. Uh, so Obi-Wan's at the end like, no, oh, sorry, Tala's at the end like, now it's your turn, tell me. What's your story? And he just went, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> you still can't, though. She's like, never have I ever um, <laughs> had, had a big secret. Had <laughs> children of the <laughs> most powerful <laughs> Sith Lord in the galaxy. So what did you think about the Reaver reveal? Were you surprised? Oh, shocked. Yeah, shocked. Um, <laughs> see, this is my big issue with it. Like, on the face of things, if you have a storyline where a youngling survives Order 66 at the hands of Anakin, sees who he is, keeps it to herself, spends her entire life posing as a Dark Force user, just so she can get close to Darth Vader and kill him, like, without ever telling anyone her plan. That's a fucking great storyline. It really is. So I just wish they didn't basically tell us it. So I was thinking back, and I was thinking, that Order 66 flashback at the beginning, they should have not done that there. They should have done that here, in this moment, when she was speaking to Obi-Wan. And you shouldn't have had her say, like, oh, the Jedi abandoned you, or stuff along those lines. It should have just been... In fact, what would have been even better is if they threw in a couple of red herrings and made us guess that she was some other like alternative motive. And then to throw this in now as she talks to Obi-Wan and the flashback comes, I think that would have just hit ten times harder. But on the face of things, it is a great storyline, and I think Reva's a good character. But I think they sort of shot themselves in the foot a wee bit. What about you? I disagree. I think the way they did... Reva's storyline was great. I think having the Order 66 flashback with the younglings at the start of the series and kind of giving that sort of, oh, could that be Reva? I think that was a really good way to do it because it made us look at Reva throughout the season and sort of think about her objectives. Even when people were like, okay, she's 
almost definitely this youngling it made you still question what her motivations were you know a couple of episodes ago you were talking about that you had a theory that she was doing all this to be against vader in the end which is you know correct essentially i think you can tie it back into when the grand inquisitor comes back at the end and he says revenge is a very powerful something i think that that can be read for reva as well i think you know she was working her way up to get closer and closer to vader to get her revenge eventually yes i feel like i did see it coming but i'm not disappointed by the reveal that that theory was correct and i think moses ingram played that scene brilliantly like you could really see this vulnerability coming through when she was telling the story and remembering it and when she said that line we thought he was there to help us fucking hell (laughs) that was deep yeah i think that just uh, yeah she's telling her story about how she's playing dead to live oh my god yeah on some level we do agree there because we think it's a good story i just like my twists to be more twisty okay fair enough and yeah i like that she said why didn't you stop him like that was young reva coming out there that wasn't inquisitor reva and i felt the impact in obi-wan's facial expression after that because it's the thing he's been thinking the whole time and finally someone said it to that's him. exactly what i've written he's been asking himself this for 10 years he's yeah drowning in his guilt at this point another comparison i really like just after this scene is that we see leia in the vent and I've written to that it was like the Grogu and Mando scene from Mandalorian when he's trying to like, oh, yeah. no, the red one or whatever you're saying. But she was doing a much better job than Grogu. <laughs> hey, Grogu got electr- electrocuted. <laughs> he failed his apprenticeship. Leia was top marks. So then the shootout begins. I like the shootout. I did. It's just another example of how the stormtroopers can't shoot for shit. And uh, shout out to Ned B who is an absolute savage. This is Robbie's weekly shout-out. <laughs> yeah, my weekly shout-out. And it's Ned B this week, and taking them on. Lost his gun, I think, at one point. He was just like, well, I'll just take you by hand. No words, just action. You're damn straight. Great job by Indira Varma, who portrayed that sort of scene with, you know, a, a robot. But you can see there was so much pain and also gratefulness in that moment, you know, when he's like shielding her from those blasters and oh my god, I I literally wrote fucking hell Tala <laughs> after she exploded the the bomb. I just loved that part where she sacrifices herself and the music in the background. That's like the end of a movie type moment there, cinematic. And I just, I, that got to me. And I, I also like more people should, I know it's more of a morbid thing to say, but more people should go out like that in a story like this, where there's loads of people hiding from a fascist regime and doing all they can to try and stop it. Like they're going to have more tragic deaths like this. And for me, that's just elevated her character to massive extents. I was loving her already, but I don't know. Like deaths work weird like that. And, in film and tv because once that happens immediately you're just like oh man what a legend yeah i think they don't love to kill people off because then they can't bring them back although they got the bag to tank so yeah yeah oh she's probably in one i don't know why we think she's dead ned's actually a portable back to tank (laughs) (laughs) what what can he not do (laughs) r.i.p ned b as well but oh yeah but no the star wars need more hero shit like that i I loved it yeah it was kind of uh rogue one sort of vibes uh, I guess it's just so sad we can't see Tala link up with Mando, a la Game of Thrones. But <gasps> Oh gosh, didn't even think about that. Eventually Obi-Wan sacrifices himself, not sacrifices, but he's like, look, I'll, I'll go and face the music here. I've got a plan. Obi goes out, Reva gets to him. <laughs> I was just laughing. You know, there's a scene in Mando when the stormtroopers are like trying to shoot a can and they just can't shoot it. And it's like a wee nod to the fact that they are shite shooting and they're just sort of like riffing with each other like what general two guys at work would do. And I was imagining those two stormtroopers being there and being like, yo, why the fuck are they whispering? 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, if you want to be nitpicky about it, yeah, you can definitely be like. That's very nitpicky. I'm just, I'm, I'm mo- because this is a good episode. My nitpicks are amusing rather than yeah critical. They could definitely be overheard. That's definitely a robot chicken skit. So Obi Wan wants to bargain with Riva a little. He wants to work with her. He wants to work with her. Did he sell her out here? No, but he threatened to. I think he so. I think he sells her out here because she lets him go back inside. I'm assuming under the guys that they're working together now and then obviously he escapes and he just leaves her yeah I, I don't think it's like 100% clear what their plan was but I think she wasn't going to go with him or anything maybe she was just like it's better if you try and kill him first so it weakens him I suppose but I got a little bit of he's just thrown her to the dogs there I didn't 100% get that impression but I understand there was definitely a kind of was that the plan but I guess they didn't really have time to sort that much of a plan because they did have stormtroopers around them yeah, true. They could eventually they'd be like, "Yo, speak up." I think it was clear that no matter what, Riva wanted a physical. Like she wanted to hurt Vader. I think my impression of what that plan was is that you know they escape Obi Wan and the other four sensitive people, and then Vader's in a sense of shock that he doesn't see an attack from inside coming. But we forget how powerful he is with the Force. Oh my god. And how we were reminded. That scene of him pulling down the ship, I, I literally went, fuck yeah! <laughs> it was when he gets it down and starts tearing it apart. Yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. yeah, it was good. That was a really good scene. I mean, I didn't actually believe that to be his best moment of sheer power, because the fight with Reva after is just class. Like, the way he just toys with her. You know how he ever played netball in school, and you got the ball, and you could only pivot? Like, you couldn't actually, like, move. I think that's what Darth Vader was doing. He was just pivoting. He was just dodging her sliding her about with a force it was so good like he didn't even take out his own lightsaber he took hers halved it threw it back to her i was just like whoa that would have been so embarrassing i don't even need to pull out my weapon i'm gonna in fact i'm gonna give you back half of your weapon on you go i would oh i would cry of embarrassment (laughs) (laughs) the reva and vader fight was definitely not something that i was expecting to be honest I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but it wasn't. I didn't think this is how it would go down if it did, but it was fucking, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant scene. There was a point when she was on her knees and he had the two lightsabers. I thought she was going to get dookooed. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, quite a lot of people thought that, yeah. Do it. Yeah, when she was on her knees, like, looking up to him. It was obvious, but it was well done that, you know, she's supposed to look like a little kid looking up to Vader again and, like, oh, my God. Yeah, we actually got to see Anakin kill the younglings. How do you feel about that? I did not feel good about that. It's harder. It becomes harder and harder every time they bring out <laughs> new Star Wars content to be a Stanikin. I don't think you're properly meant to like Anakin, but <laughs> here we are. And yet here I am. And I thought it was a good fight scene just because it wasn't, like, don't get me wrong, love a good lightsaber scene, but it wasn't just lightsabers hitting each other. It was using the force. I thought it was wicked. I wholeheartedly agree with that. That is bang on. Because... That was a lesson on how to use the force in a fight. The Grand Inquisitor is back. Ooh. He back. Shocked. Stole the wee badge off Reva. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> exactly he was bold just walking in and getting the last word. I just imagine Vader's eyes rolling in the suit and going, this fucking guy, shut up. There's one thing about the Sith and the dark side is that they love the dramatics. Love a dramatic entrance. Love a dramatic exit. They love it. Reva's on the floor. She's been stabbed through the stomach with a lightsaber, which apparently is not fatal anymore. And then she finds General Organa's hologram device. And that sets us up for the next episode. So what do you think? We're all going to Tatooine, just Reva, just Reva and Obi. So yeah, in the message, Reva must be going to Tatooine because luckily 
it gives her the name Owen, who she knows, and Tatooine. So she's going back to Tatooine. Obi-Wan's on his way to Alderaan, assumingly, to drop off our dear Leia. So then he's got to make it back to Tatooine, I'm assuming, for some one final battle. See, there's so much to do. We assume he's got to fight Vader. We assume he's got to rescue Luke. We assume he can't just abandon Leia. There's a lot to get through in this episode. And also, at the end, surely, unless they're going to have a season two... They're going to have to leave it in a way where Vader thinks he's defeated Obi-Wan in order for him to stop the obsession and to stop the hunting. Because then that wouldn't make sense for A New Hope. I was just wondering if maybe Owen is the one to defend Luke instead of uh, Obi-Wan. Pretty much Reva's no coming back from that, though. Actually saying that, she's just got a lot of street cred from surviving Anakin Skywalker twice. Also, they have no hyperdrive, and Vader does, so surely he's going to catch them before they even reach a planet. We haven't ever actually done this, but there was some news released this week and I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think? But It's not Star Wars related. What do you make of the reports that there's going to be a Game of Thrones sequel starring Kit Harington and Jon Snow? This is, this is me learning about this. So yeah, apparently this is, this is happening. What, like a, a prequel? No, a sequel. A sequel? A sequel? Holy shit. What, but what, I thought um, Kit Harington hated like, how Game of Thrones ended. Yeah, so maybe that's why he signed on for it, you know? He's wanting to redeem Jon Snow. If he just stays north of the wall and just does new wildland shit, I'm not bothered, I will watch it, but if he wants to reignite that Aegon Targaryen fire, then oof, sign me up. He must be getting a fucking fortune for that. And another news, they've announced their plans to be a sequel to The Joker, but they're going to make it a musical, and Lady Gaga is going to play Harley Quinn. Now, I, I did know this. I love it, right? I love it. What I find strange is how can you make a sequel to something that wasn't a musical a musical? My best guess, have you seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. It's a musical TV series and it's an excellent TV series, but a lot of people were put off by the fact that it's a musical. But it talks about mental health with musical numbers. So I'm assuming it might be something like that, whereas he's seeing things happen in a musical way because of his mental health issues. That would work so well with both of them. If they were the only two experiencing a musical and everybody else wasn't. It's kind of like that episode of Scrubs. Great episode of Scrubs. What's your favourite song from that episode? Gala, that's all it is. Well, that about sums it up from us. We hope you enjoyed listening to our chat about episode five and tune back in next week when we have our thoughts on the finale. We look forward to it. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.